Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Amma ba'd. Alhamdulillah, we are continuing with our lessons from Qasdus Sabil, Tashilu Qasdus Sabil, The Straight Path Simplified by Hakimul Ummat, Hazrat Maulana Shafali Tanwi, Rahmatullahi Alayhi. And as Hazrat explained in the introduction, each of these chapters that he is going to discuss in this book, they are called one hidayah, guidance number one, guidance number two, guidance number three. So we have reached, alhamdulillah, by Allah's grace, the second hidayah, which is titled Sincerely Making Tawbah. Hidayah number two, Sincerely Making Tawbah. Hazrat mentions that the first essential step of entering the path of suluk is tawbah, repentance. Sincere tawbah must be made. The salik must beg Allah's forgiveness for every sin that he has ever committed. Thereafter, he must make up every obligatory act of ibadah, ritual worship that he has ever neglected and missed. So here when we speak about tawbah, which is repentance, asking for forgiveness, we are not just talking about a tawbah that is, oh, I've committed a sin and you know I'm going to make istighfar to Allah. And this is the condition of treading the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In actuality, what is meant by this tawbah is the definition when we look at it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, you know says tubu ilallahi jami'an that make tawbah to Allah here the definition of tawbah is taba yatubu bima'na raja'a yarji'u wa'ada ya'udu taba yatubu yani aba ya'ubu raja'a yarji'u to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so in many books of tasawwuf and in many texts the mashayikh mentioned one of the first steps of reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after recognizing him is returning to him right so here tawbah means coming to a realization that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created me coming to a realization that there is a lord there is a creator there is a maker there is a provider there is a sustainer who has blessed me with all of these bounties and gifts in life and i have come to realize that he has a direct effect upon me he has brought me into existence now after all of this heedlessness and unmindfulness i have to return back to him i have to turn to him yani uh, in some of the uh, books of tasawwuf it mentions that يعني بقلبه عن إرادة ما سوى الله تعالى فيعبده وحده. so in reality this توبة is turning to Allah سبحانه وتعالى from all else besides Him. and this is what we mean of توبة being one of the foundations of سلوك is that you have to come to a realization in your life wake up and realize that I have to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the reality of tawbah when we talk about it being a condition of suluk, right? Not just, okay, I committed a sin and I'm returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, it's a realization that 
you know, I need to return back to Allah. I need to connect myself to Him after being disconnected. I need to recognize Him after I did not fulfill the rights of His recognition. And I need to now focus upon building this relationship between my Lord who has so much rights upon me. So this is the first level of tawbah, obviously. And then we continue to preserve this condition of and this connection that we have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We continue to preserve that. And if we, you know, make a mistake, right, then we make ruju, right? We keep turning back to Allah ta'ala. That is why Allah ta'ala says, Inna Allah yuhibbut tawwabin. Tawwab is ismul mubalagha ala wazni fa'al. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who continuously turn to Him. They constantly, you know, due to the fact that we're weak, we constantly make mistakes, but we constantly keep on returning to Allah, keep on returning to Allah. So we make an initial tawbah, which is turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And coming to a realization that we need to connect ourselves to Him, making ruju to Him after becoming separated from Him. And after that, we continue to keep that, uh, you know, connection and that, that, uh, that uh, you know relationship till the day we die and there's a conditions of these tawbah however when we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we return to him right it cannot be done just uh, you know I made tawbah and I make ruju and I'm back with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather one must beg Allah's forgiveness for every sin that he has ever committed. Yeah, because every single one of those actions is a jinaya, is a crime that is committed. And he has to make tawbah and make up for what he had made. Tawbah is sufficient to ask Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. Thereafter, what was binding upon him, if he was Muslim, it was binding upon him to, have, to make up every obligatory act of worship. Because unperformed acts of worship are an unfulfilled debt owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a person should strive to make up for all of these acts so they will not be held accountable for it in the akhirah. Question comes about that what if a person is trying to make up all these prayers that he missed, however he didn't get a chance to do so, then as long as he keeps on making an effort and he has a plan and he strives to make them up, but passes away before making them up in his hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will pardon this person. This is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knowing the hearts of his slaves and Allah ta'ala is ghafoorur rahim. Also, along with the intentionally missed fasts and the intentionally unpaid zakats and the intentionally missed prayers, a person has to make up all of that. He must also strive to fulfill the rights of those whose rights he has violated or seek their forgiveness. If the Salik does not either fulfill the rights of the people, or if the people do not absolve him of his responsibility, he will never reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter how much he strives and engages in ibadah. This is a very, very, you know, important statement that we have to take into consideration that there is huququllah and there is huququl ibad. The rights of Allah and the rights of the slaves of Allah. 
if we think that just by fulfilling the rights of Allah, then we will be in a good state and we can basically misappropriate the rights of others, usurp the things of others, hurt the feelings of others, break the hearts of others, steal the property of others, mistreat others, be disrespectful to our parents, be disobedient to our elders and our you know, parents, um, abuse our wives and our children. And we think that by this, you know, if we perform our prayers and if we fulfill our zakat and we do hajj and we do nafil and we make dhikr, that we are uh, uh, reaching Allah Ta'ala, then this is a very great misconception. This is a very grave mistake. Right? Because just as Hukukullah is binding upon us, Hukukul Ibad is just as binding upon us. And we will never reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until we fulfill the rights, His rights and the rights that He has made binding upon us, upon His slaves. One time Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, Abu Huraira narrated that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked the Sahaba, Atadruna manil muflis? Do you know who is bankrupt? Do you know who the one who is a muflis, a bankrupt person? So the Messenger of Allah, uh, the, 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 the companions, they said, Muflis, a bankrupt person amongst us, is the one who has no dirham, no dinar, no wealth. He is considered the muflis amongst us. He is considered the bankrupt. So then the Messenger of Allah, says, he said, the muflis of my ummah is the one who will come on the Day of Judgment with many prayers, many fasts, many, you know, optional charity, optional fast, optional prayers. But he will find himself bankrupt on that day because he will have exhausted all of his funds of good deeds because he had abused one person, he had cursed out another person, he had un unlawfully consumed the wealth of another person, he, perhaps he had shed the blood of some other people, beat up some people, and his good deeds will be credited to the account of those people who suffered at his hands. Each person will be brought on the Day of Judgment and say, now take your uh, revenge, take your haq, take your rights on this person that he owed you in the, in the world. And each person will come to take their haq and all of the good deeds of this person will fall short to clear the account. And then what will happen is, you know, when all of his deeds are done and he cannot fulfill the rights of other people, no more good deeds. Then what will happen? Right? People will come and then start placing all of their sins upon him. Right? Because he has no more good deeds to give to people to fulfill their rights for the wrong that he did to them. So then what will happen? He will then be carrying each person's burden in place of the haq that he owed them. And he will be uh, standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covered in sins. Then he will be thrown headlong into the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. So this hadith clearly shows and demonstrates that just as the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are binding upon us, the rights of Allah's slaves are binding upon us, and misappropriation of that and injustice in that regard will put us in a very detrimental situation on the Day of Judgment. From this we understand that when we make tawbah, right, 
you know, we've stolen the watch of a person and we're wearing it. Your toba is not accepted as long as you have the watch of that person on your hand and you have not returned it to its owner. Your toba is incomplete. Hence, you think that you are reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but in reality, you, you know, the example of that person is like a bull that is going around the mill. You know, in the olden days, they had these con contraptions by which they would grind the grain and make flour and the animal would go round and round and round the mill. The animal thinks I've probably traveled, you know, uh, 100 miles. In reality, he's in the same place and he has not moved. He has not moved an inch away from the area that he's in. And this is the example uh, of the individual who, you know, he has so many rights that he owes to others. He has done so much injustice to others. And then he's trying to do all these other righteous acts. Truly, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, those deeds are nothing unless and until a person has fulfilled the rights. Along with that, it is necessary that he makes a, ver he makes a verbal tawbah. It is also necessary that the salik make a firm resolution that regardless of any criticisms that are made against him, or any worldly benefits are lost in the process, and no matter how great a loss he experiences life, property, or wealth, he will remain steadfast in obedience of Allah and His Messenger. This is the important thing of preservation of your tawbah. You should feel, as Imam al-Nawawi mentions in the al Salihin, that there's three conditions of tawbah. An-nadmu wal-azmu Al-Nadmu to feel regret and remorse over the sin you've committed. That's number one. Number two, Al-Azm. To make a firm resolution that you will not return and you will not go to that sin again. And to make a firm resolution that I will remain steadfast upon this deen, no matter how much loss I experience. Now, Hakim al-Ummah, uh, he says something very important and he says after making if you lack the courage and determination to make this resolution then know that you are not seeking allah nor are you a salik if you're not ready to sacrifice if you're not ready to go through all these hardships and difficulties if you're not ready to take criticism if you're not ready to lose worldly benefits if you're not ready to experience hardships and difficulties then you really don't want allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you really don't want it the sign that you really want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that you're ready to undergo any hardship and difficulty. And if you lack the courage and determination to make this resolution, then know that you are not seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor are you a salik. Make that firm resolution. Don't be confused. Don't try to live a double life. Don't try to please this person and please that person and make tawbah and then go again in the day and start doing that action again. Don't do that. Make your resolution. And stay firm upon it. And if you're not willing to make that resolution, then you actually haven't made right, a firm tawbah as of yet. And after making a sincere and complete tawbah, and after making a firm resolution to obey Allah and His Messenger, arrangements must be made to acquire at least that much dini knowledge that will allow the salik to lead his life in full compliance with the sharia. Now, 
seeking of knowledge is step number one after tawbah to increase oneself and not to remain stagnant you know to learn one thing every day to know about what does allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want from me what pleases allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what displeases allah ta'ala what has allah prohibited what has allah ta'ala made lawful if we don't know that and we made tawbah and we continue to remain jahil right then we will god forbid continue to fall into mistakes continue to fall into sins continue to fall into uh things that will make us more and more distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Salik will now be ready to seek a capable Shaykh of Tasawwuf to guide him along the path towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala give us the understanding to implement this. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.